Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Oh, put your hands together, put your hands together. What a fantastic day the Lord has made, hallelujah. The Bible says this is the day the Lord has made and we will be glad and rejoice in it, hallelujah. Today, tell your neighbor, the Lord has directed your steps into this house today. If you are here today, this morning, it is not by mistake at all. It is God himself who directed your steps here. Because today, we have, I mean, for the past four weeks, we have eaten Gary Sokins. We have eaten <laughs> for some time. I told you that if the mother is not in the house, and they leave us with our, our, our big brothers and so on, they give us some food. But the moment the mother comes, that's when we begin to eat proper food. Hallelujah. Amen. And today, God has given us this prophet who is coming to speak into your life. And your life will never be the same again. Hallelujah. I want you to put your hands together. Let's welcome our pastor, sister, Joy, Philippe Bruce. Put your hands together for her. Put your hands together for the Lord. Shake yourself out of the dullness. Put your hands together for the Lord. Add a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for another opportunity to be together. Thank you for bringing us to your feet. We give you praise. As your word comes, I pray that you speak to each of us. Deliver us from the evil one and let it be well with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you take your seat, find your Bible. I hope you've still been bringing your Bible to church. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, I have to start asking questions. Lift your Bible. Let me see. If your neighbor doesn't ask you about, have a Bible, ask your neighbor, what are you about? What are you about? Because I started talking to you about having a physical Bible. Amen? That Bible that's on your phone, you don't read it much. Hey! Apart from that, that same phone has pornography and other things. Hey! We're going to make a confession. So lift up your Bible if you have a Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. So help me God. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to be back here with you. And amen. It's when you cannot do something that you know that is so important for your life. Amen. But I thank God for an opportunity to be back here and to see that God has kept us all. Amen. Hey, are you in the church? Ah, I thought you have lost your voice. It's very nice to see all of you again. Amen. Very often, and maybe I should also welcome those watching online and say that you're very welcome. We hope that you'll keep on tuning in to be with us Sunday after Sunday. It's 
God bless you also. Amen. Usually, I am preaching two different things. Um, you know, for the, the present service, I'll preach something, and for the word encounter service, I'll preach something else. One of the reasons is because we are two different congregations at different stages of life and doing different things. But today, I just believe that God gave me one message, and so I'm sharing exactly what I shared in the um, presence service. Amen. Amen. Uh, because some of you will say that, oh, as mommy has come back, and she doesn't have word. Her word is finished. It's not finished. <laughs> I'm sharing what I believe that God has laid on my heart to share. Amen. And I've entitled this sermon, Giants Do Fall. Giants do fall. I want to talk to you about using the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Tell your neighbor, please, be bringing your Bible. Because many of you, you can't find the books in the Bible. You don't know where they are. If I ask you now, which book is before Samuel? It is those from Safe Church who will tell us. Most of you, you don't know. You see, so it helps you when you have a physical Bible to take hold of the physical Bible and actually, you know, as you are turning, you are seeing the different names and you are learning them again. Amen. You used to know it when you were a child, not yet. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I want us to read this story. It's really long, so I'm going to just pick up some verses, but I encourage you to take your Bible and read it through so you get the whole story when you get back home. Amen. Giants do fall. Amen. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. That's true. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You can imagine somebody who's seven foot two falling. To be a bigger fall than somebody who's five feet four. Yeah. So the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Let's go to the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I'm reading from verse 17. Jesse said unto David his son, take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Verse 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give his, him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? Verse 28, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left these few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride, and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servants will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. 
And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a, sh and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all the church shall say, Amen. 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 Well, it's a bit of a long passage, but I'm sure that it has been good to remind ourselves of the, this story. And the truth is that David went on to slay um, Goliath, you know. And not just to slay, slay him, he used the catapult, the man went down, and he took the man's sword and cut the man's head off. Hey. <laughs> So your neighbor that by the time somebody is using your own knife to cut your head off, you are just in there, you are in bad business. <laughs> you are in bad business. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, there are so many lessons to learn from this scripture, but, and I hope that God will just help me, Spirit of God, just help me to go through. Amen. Amen. The first thing that I want to say is that sooner or later, we all face a Goliath in our lives. I'm not so sure where our... Um, gospel of everything being good comes from. It is true that when we come to Christ, we meet good things. But that does not take us away from the other things, the not so good things. And that's why God caters for those things. He tells us that when you are in the valley of the shadow of death, he's going to be with you there. There must be a reason. So in other words, we go through things and no matter who you are, you will face a giant. The truth is maybe even more than one in your life. A giant being some kind of issue. Amen? We don't know. It can have a different kind of size and shape and type. But it is something that obviously is bigger than anything you have faced before. This man, that David, had faced a lion. He had faced a bear. Now he was facing somebody who was standing and threatening an entire army. And saying things. And the army was afraid. Are you there? Have you ever met something and you are afraid? You are afraid. Some of you, as you are sitting here, you are afraid that you can't have a child. It's a giant. It's a giant. Yeah, it's a giant. You see, this giant, when he came, he was saying things. And sometimes you come into life and things that are disturbing you, they are so proud and they are saying so many, you are afraid. Some of you, your giant is your landlord. When you see the landlord's number cry, your whole self... <laughs> Your whole self, because the way the person goes about his things, you are just petrified. You see. <laughs> and yet the tenancy is not bad, but it's coming to increase his rent by 150%. Meanwhile, you as you are there. Hey, the old one cry, you borrowed. You borrowed and you haven't finished paying. Now they are coming to increase it. Are you there? Giants come in different sizes. They come in different ways, different types. But the principles are the same. The principles. We are reading here about a physical giant. Are you there? But a giant is anything that overs you when you just look at it. It has that ability to over you. Because the truth is that the giant was much larger than David. Are you there? Okay. Mm. Now, I just want you to remember, one of the things I said in the first service was that I'm talking about David's anointing here, and it's just in passing. It is not really what I want to focus on, but the point is too good to pass. Because this guy had been anointed when he was 15 years old to become the king of Israel. But it hadn't yet happened. It hadn't yet happened. So he had the anointment, but he didn't have the appointment. 
That's how the American sings, if you allow me to borrow from them. It just sounds nicer. Amen? It just sounds nicer. Tell anybody, go and look for some small American English. We all know that it is locally acquired foreign accent, Lafa, that will take it like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the point I'm making is that he was on his way, and many of you are on your way. So much oil has been poured over you. So many things have been said. Now, one of the um, things that the devil does is to come and tell you that, oh, but they prayed for you and nothing happened. It's not that nothing has happened. It's not that nothing has happened. From the time David was anointed to the time he was appointed, it was about 15 years. Yeah, I thought it was a little more, but looking at the calculator, 15 years. And so for 15 years, he was already anointed, but he was not appointed. Why? God was working on his character. God was working on him. Yeah. He was working on his character. He was allowing him to go through various things, including this giant that he met. And so for many of you, there are many things that are ahead of you, but God is working on your character. And allow him to work on it because it is the one thing that will bring you down. The anointing never brought anybody down. It's the character or the lack of it that does. Amen? Hey, you are very quiet. The greatest problem in African... Okay, I'm a Ghanaian. I don't know about the rest of Africa. <laughs> the greatest problem in Ghanaian Christendom is character. We know how to pray. We know how to shout in tongues. We know how to believe God. We know all those things, but our character is bad. And if you want to challenge me, just take your phone and leave it on the chair and just go outside and come and see whether you find it there. There will be somebody who is in the house today, the person as far as we know has come to church as a Christian, but he's a thief. If you like, just try. So if you say, hey, I'm just a me, this is something, I'm in something, I said, like, hey, it's not a quarrel. I said, take your phone, even when it is a crack screen, take it and put it on the chair, leave it and go and come. You don't meet it. You don't meet it. Or oh, I'm lying. The biggest issue all the churches have are thieves who call themselves Christians. Yeah. There's another brand of thief. You there, you are the ones who don't pay tithe. You know you should pay your tithe. That one, I'm not the one, the one saying you are a, a thief. But that one, God is the one who says that you are a, a thief. I've left you for him. Yeah. Are you there? Character. We have girls who seduce guys in the church. Guys who seduce girls in the church. We have preached. Uh, we will pre preach. You do what you want. What you like. What you like. That's what you are doing. Some of you quarrel more than the unbelievers in the area. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have entered this point because. <laughs> <laughs> hey! The lying. 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 The lying. Oh. It's a manifestation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And where we live. It's one of the major demons. Here, if anybody tells you I'm coming, he's lying. As he says I'm coming, he's strolling at Swami. Mm. You just hire a plumber and tell him, come and repair my water that is. I'm coming. The I'm coming. No? He has traveled. He's answering you from his village. As if we cannot speak the truth. But he's a Christian in the choir. On Sunday. Hey! Tell your neighbor we are changing. We are changing. If the spirit of God is upon you, it's high time your character began to change. And it is one of the reasons why he allows us to face the lions and the bears and the tigers. Because you grow more when you are in trouble. You pray more. <laughs> Your character is, is sharpened through the troubles. Hey, let us continue with our story or the lessons from our story. The children of Israel backed up into a corner because they were afraid of Goliath. In verse, oh yes, verse 24, 1 Samuel 17, 24. 
all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were so afraid. When fear gets you to run and puts you in a corner, you are in a bad place. The surest way to, to lose a war is to defend yourself by running. Instead of you taking the offensive and putting the enemy on the run, you are rather running. You have gone into the boxing ring. And as they are boxing, you are turned to run. You are done for. Because they will back you up into a corner and in the corner. And today I am speaking to some of you. Satan has backed you up in the corner. And he's giving you the beating of your life because you are afraid of him. I came to tell you today, don't fear that thing. Do not fear him. He has been overcome. Our God, our Jesus made an open show, an open being sure of him, disgraced him fully, let the captives out and there is no reason why you should back up in there. The children of Israel, they had run, oh, they ran, they had forgotten everything God had done. Everything. Every, these guys, they had a history, tell your neighbor a history. Sometimes God gives you a remarkable history. And they had a remarkable history. But in the day that they met Goliath, they forgot. And they ran. Are you there? Today, I'm speaking to you, if you have backed yourself up into a corner because of fear, come out of that place. Come out of that place. Maybe you have never met a dangerous dog before. But sometimes when you meet a dangerous dog and it's looking as if it is charging at you, and then you decide that you will not run. It's running and coming. Pastor Wan, this part of the sermon is for you. Pastor Wan is afraid of my dogs. He comes to my house all the time. The dog, but he's afraid of my dogs. So this part is personal. <laughs> when you see the dog running and coming, many times when you don't move, they, do, they go back. They begin to wonder that. Ah, you are supposed to be running. Hey, he's not running. Hey. Yeah. Are you there? Now, let's continue. The next thing I want to share with you is that sometimes a little assignment that is given to you is the door to something very significant in your life. David was given a small assignment in verses 17 and 18 when his father said to him, take this food to your brothers and take this food to the commander of the army. It's a very small job. Some of you, when you're given a small job, you say that, ah, but why can't the girls do it? You should have said, ah, can't you find some small girl to do it? Please, I'm busy, I'm working. It was a very small job. It wasn't part of the, um, what do you call it? He wasn't going to the war. He wasn't going to do the big job. It was just the small job. Please, somebody ask the young lady to sit up. Uh, yes. Are there no ashes there? You sit up. Amen. You are in church. And when you are in church, you learn how to, you ought to behave in the house of God. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, so here was David. He picked those things and he took them to go and give to his. Not knowing that it was in carrying out that assignment that he was now going to come from a life of obscurity. Remember, up until this point, nobody knew him. Nobody knew him. But it was now bringing him from obscurity. He now became David who killed Goliath. You know, later on, the women started singing how David has killed his... David had not killed his thousands. He had just come. He had just come. But it was this task that he was given that opened the door. And he was no longer an obscure person. Some of you have been given things to do. What have you done with it? What have you done with it? What have you done with it? Are you in the house? Sometimes you look at it and you wonder that, ah, me, pa, how can they give me this task? Please ask your neighbor that you, pa, saying. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> you know, so David just had to show up at the place and things were about to change. Amen. So now David hears the guy. And when he hears him, you see, Look at David's reaction. Totally different from the men of Israel. The men of Israel ran, but David had another 
reaction. And that's why today I'm just going to share with you three practical things. That sh- three practical things from this story. Three things that you should do when you meet your Goliath. Because as for meeting Goliath, it will be sooner or later. Some cry you have met him before. Amen. Three practical things. Number one, refuse to listen to negative people. Don't listen to negative people. It's very, very, very important. Negative people. What do we mean by negative people? When David came and met his brother, what did his brother say? With whom did you leave those few sheep? In other words, you cry, you are not important as you have come here. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see, small sheep that you were looking after, who have you left them with that you have come here? Even the way the brother spoke, you can see that it was some way. And the Bible says that, David said, that, oh, but is there not a cause? I came because of something. But he didn't continue the conversation. The Bible says he turned away. And he rather spoke to the others who were now telling him what was really going on. Amen. Amen. That was not the only negative person that he met. The second negative person that he met was Saul. That's a little surprising. Because Saul was the king and he was the one who really needed this Goliath to be taken down. In fact, the Goliath David was going to fight was not his Goliath. He's Saul's Goliath. And sometimes you end up fighting a battle that somebody else has gotten you into. Yeah. Saul was the king. So between he and his people, they should have defeated Goliath, but he didn't do it. And some of you, you are in families where you are the one who has to bring Goliath down. Because those who should have done it, they didn't do it. Those who should have done it, they didn't do it. And when it's like that, you have to rise up and do it. When he met Saul and he told Saul that he was going to take on Goliath, Saul didn't say, oh, really? How it will help us, eh? We'll be so happy. Saul said, you are not able. You are not, you cannot go against this guy. You are just a small boy. And some of you who are here, God is using you to do different things. And you are young. And people tell you that but you are too small. And you also listen. Here too, it turns that you are young. Listen, this man, he has been fighting all these years. So since you were born, he was fighting. And you, you have just come. And you say, I'm coming to do what? Immediately. David did not enter into an argument. When you are trying to achieve things for the Lord, and not only for the Lord, even in your life, it is so important not to listen to negative people. I need to speak to the teachers who are here. When you are a teacher and you tell somebody, you are very stupid, you cannot make it, what are you doing? If you are a Christian, you are an agent of change, you should rather have been using your mouth to speak something over that child that will change the child. But rather you use your mouth to bring them down. Let me add the mothers. As you are there in your frustration and your tiredness, the child did not ask to be born. You brought the child. The child is not the person who lets his father misbehave. Why are you angry every day you see the child? Look at your head like the head of your father. Whose head should the father, the, the, the child have? Whose head? I know a lady, every time she remembered, she looked at the daughter. Even as young as 12, she would walk out of the house. What was the child's fault? Looks like her father. I mean, who should she look like? Who should she look like? Was she there when you went to lie down on your back? Was she there? Was she the one who sent you? If I don't say, nobody can say, so allow me to say it. (laughs) Allow me to say. (laughs) Allow me to say. Because when you get angry with me, cry. You'll be angry small, it will go. (laughs) Amen. Are you with me? Don't allow people to speak negatively around you. You see, it's very important. It's very important. Because God placed in our mouth the fact that the words we speak, they become life or death. Are you there? They become life or death. So when you are there, somebody is speaking negative. You see, young people know how to tune out. You can be talking to a young person, you can see that. But tune it out. Please, you are not supposed to tune out when people are speaking to you. Unless it is negative speaking. That's why you have my permission. Tune out. Just tune out. Don't receive it. Don't receive it. 
you cry as I see you walking over there, you will not get married. You will not have to, ah! You have not heard people say things like this to other people. You must be joking. You must be joking. I refuse it. Yeah, but sometimes you are not at liberty to say that you are refusing it because of the person who is speaking. Tune out. Tune out. Don't receive it in your spirit. Don't receive it. It is the first thing to helping you to fight a war. Don't receive it. You cross, I'm looking at you. I don't think you ever go to university. Are you God? Are you God? Are you God? I have known fathers who've called their daughters prostitutes. Then they are surprised when the child becomes a prostitute. What do you expect? You said it. Hey. Are you there? So please tune out. As for me, I don't allow anybody. You start talking plenty. Negatively. A lot of negative. Look for the phone. Scroll. Select. Delete. It's over. Scroll. Sometimes don't delete because you need to know that's the person's number. Yeah. But don't answer. Yeah. And you just put it there. Don't answer. And they are teaching the people how to be disobedient. What, what disobedient? What disobedient? You are saying something negative because you are bringing a war. I won't accept it. I won't receive it. I will not receive it. Some of you are sitting there, you have friends. Eh? This is your church that you are going. And you sit down and you listen. Have you not seen that you have become some way? Are you the only person who goes to church? Why is it worrying you? Why is it worrying you? Is it your leg I used to come here? Is it your time I used to sit here? Is it your money I used to give offering? Why is it worrying you? Meanwhile, that very same person, when you were dating two people, you had nothing to say. That same person. Yeah. Now that I've decided to go to church, that's now you have a problem. Hey. Scroll. Select. Delete. Finish. We will not have this friendship. No, it's true. We will not have this friendship. Amen. Do not accept in your 18 negative people. Negative people have destroyed so many things. This is our nation. It is our negativity we have used to destroy it. This is our nation that we are in. Bless nation like something, but we have used this our mouth. Hey! Hmm. Negativity. I have heard people say, oh, Ghana is the worst place to, to live in. I walked away. But I wish I could have told the person the time I went to a certain country that I will not name. And I saw human beings lying on the ground, dying. I said, in my country, even a dog doesn't die like this. Even a dog doesn't die like this. Ah, what are you saying? How many nations in the world do you know where Muslim and Christian are friends? I said, how many do you know? And if you don't have any Muslim friends, it is up to you. But some of us, we went to school with them. Went to class with them. We ate together. My very first place where my husband and I, we went to have ministries was in Tamale. We never had it. It is the capital of Islam in our nation. We didn't have a problem. We have weddings. When we are wed, they come. When we were building, a certain Allah sent my husband a message. I like hearing you on the radio. You encouraged me. Sent him 100 bags of cement. What are you talking We were in church one Sunday. A chief, who was a Muslim, sent to us that you have come to open a, a, a church in the town next to us. What have we done to you? We are waiting for hours. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, in other places, they cannot eat. I was on a street. My house was here. My next door neighbor was here. It was my next door neighbor who started it. Her salad. She put meat inside the bowl and sent it to me. So my Christmas. Yeah. We were two different people. Yeah. Yeah. The place where my church was, we rented a place. The man, he had, we were renting the top. And I was bargaining with him over the price. He said, oh, we can bargain now. I don't mind, I'll wait for you. It is the church that will rent it. Yeah. 
till today our church is there. Up till today. So he, when he went on to Mecca, when he came back, we said, we too, we have got a personal allergy. We carried rice, we carried things. We said, Lord, we have come to celebrate with you. <laughs> hey, where will you get it? In other places, they are blowing themselves up. In other places, they are fighting some, some countries, some African countries. One is here, one. Just, just courage. Then you open your mouth and you say that this is the West. Hey, Father, forgive us. We know not what to do. This is our nation that when we see blood, we cannot. Even the blood of our enemy, we don't like we don't know. It's a blessing. So because of that, we'll fight and we'll say, hey, I'm coming to fight, I'm coming to fight. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> ah. Amen. So tell your neighbor from today, no negativity. From today, no negativity. Amen. No negativity. You are in this church. You are in the town church. And you see that the campus church is larger. And then you start to say, hmm, as for this, our church, <laughs> we are not many. Hey, if I found you, we would have excommunicated you by now. Speak good things. Who cares? One church is large. The other one is not as large. But I'm telling you that this is somebody's convention size. We like ourselves. Ha. Huh. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, me, dear, I like you. I don't care what you are. Me, I like you. I like you. In fact, today I was late. When I was coming, I said, ah, but last week, uh, last week the, uh, the online didn't work so well for me. And I said, ah, but last week, I didn't see uh, choir stars. So in fact, today I was late. Next week, you are singing for me, please. Uh-huh. I said, ah, 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 ah. As for the other, yeah, no, they were there, but... Pastors, I, I don't know what. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I said, turn to another neighbor. I still like you, even if you are doing your faith something. <laughs> Amen. Number two, I'm giving you just three practical things to do when you meet Goliath. Number two, recall your past victories. Do you know that when Saul was saying all these negative things to David, David didn't argue with him. He just told him, he said, please, at least allow me to testify. That's why there must be testimonies in the church. I was shocked when I saw a note go on one of the pages that there are no testimonies for today. I said, how possible? No wonder some of you are so defeated. Because the Bible says that we, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Where is your testimony? When things are going on, recall, recall, maybe recall. You were the one who gave a testimony that you gave four pesos. Uh, was it four or 40? 40 pesos. 40, what? 40 pesos offering. And then God answered you. Sometime after that, we were still using Momo to give offering. And I had no money. And when I opened the thing, 50 pesos, I said, ah, I had somebody give offering 40 pesos. Excuse me. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? That's your testimony. So tomorrow, may it never be that you wake up and say, oh, I'm broke. What do you mean by you are broke? You know your testimony that you had the other time. Rehearse that testimony. Remind yourself that I was confronted by a lion and I slaughtered it. I was confronted by a bear and I slaughtered it. Remind yourself. Remind yourself. Amen. Recall your past victories. That is why you must also know when God has done things for you. And acknowledge it. Too many of us, we don't thank God enough. If you were thanking God, you'll be remembering the victories. You'll be remembering. You will be remembering. Is it true or is it not true? How come you don't remember? Hey. Amy, dear. God hasn't done anything for me. My one prayer is that he's going to slap you. You will remember the slap. It's true. So that you remember. Because if you cannot remember the good things, you will remember the bad things. 
Hey. Are you in the church or you have traveled? Yeah. Remember his good things. Remember his testimonies. Sometimes even the good things he has done to others, it does something for you. Yeah. The complaining is too much. Push your neighbor and say the complaining, we have stopped. It's too much. God does not like memories. These Israelites, the reason why the, the children, the Israel, the army, the reason why they had nothing to say is that they were always memory. Always memory, always complaining. Always memory, always complaining. Hey, are you there? And the last one, number three. Mm. Number three. Do not use untested weapons. David was there and uh, Saul now gave him his armor. This armor, he had never worn it before. How are you going to go to war with an armor you have never used? How are you going to war with a song you have never sung? That's why as a choir, you should never go to a convention and sing a new song. Never. You sing an old song that you know that even if you are sleeping and they wake you up like that, you can fall inside your path. Not some new song that Charlie, the words cry, no. You don't even know them. It's an old song. <laughs> yeah. The one you have tested before. The one you have used before. How come you are now going to follow your friend to go and see that guy sitting under the tree? If things were so good for the guy, how come he's sitting under the tree? How come you are now going to give an offering in another place? When we come on Sunday and ask you for an offering, you look for two Ghana cities that has fallen somewhere in your bag and bring it. Then you go to some strange place and when they tell you that you should buy this water, 100 Ghana cities, then you are looking for the water to buy. No wonder you are so frustrated. What happened to the God upon whom you have always called? What happened to the word that you have always known? Where are your tested weapons? I decided to preach this word today because it's my first time back here. And when I was away, I heard different kinds of stories about where I was. And eventually, in fact, with Pastor Shong's encouragement, I decided that I would tell you where I went because I cannot see why it's a problem. Just five Sundays ago, I got COVID. I went to the hospital. In fact, I went somewhere to take a test. And then I went back home. I was about to meet my own Goliath. This son of mine said, Mommy, your oxygen saturation is going down. So even though the test has not come yet, the result hasn't come, go to Kath. And he sent a doctor to come and ensure that <laughs> I'll sit in the car to arrest me. So I went, I walked into the hospital myself. They put me somewhere for the night. The next day, my test results came and they were positive. And they said, well, we have to put you on oxygen, but when you have COVID, you have to go to the quarantine wards. And so I went there. As soon as I got there, I realized I was in a different place. Within two hours or so of my arriving there, the first person died and was wheeled out. And that was the way it was for how many days? Well, people were brought on a bed to the place. Me, I walked in. So as I walked in, I thought to myself that, few days and I'll be out of here. Many of you or many of the leaders were praying, the pastors and many of those who, well, it was not to be. After about, how many days? Seven, eight days? Something like that. God had given me a doctor who was more than my angel. He used to come in there because by this time I couldn't do anything for myself and he would come and he would help me. Well, he was the one who discovered that things had turned around. He told me later on that he called me and I didn't connect. I remember him coming to stand by my bed and say, Mommy, can I see your tongue? So I just did that. Not knowing that he had seen that I was turning blue, meaning that the oxygen was not going. So... He went to my doctors, including this one, and said, it is time for us to use our last card. My son said to me later on that when they said last card, he said, mommy is gone. Because in his hospital at the time, the last card often did not work. To make it worse, the last card medicine was not even in Kumasi. 
and they began working. I don't know who found it. Somebody found it. They brought it. By this time, I didn't know whether it was what day. So I was just there. And for the next three, four days, the doctors were battling to keep me going. Finally, on the 5th of February, which was a Friday, I came back and I said, ah, my phone says 5th of February. That's what happened. Where was the 2nd of February? When was it 3rd? When was it 4th? He said, they were all days and you were here. I said, really? Really? Okay. And then I began to recover. I am telling you this story because I had met my Goliath. And at a point, I was not also sure that I would make it. But I remember a number of tested weapons. Tested weapons. I had asked somebody to call Prophet Micaiah. If you remember, he was supposed to be here that Friday. And tell him I was in hospital and so we will not be able to have the program. Well, when Prophet Micaiah heard that I was in hospital, he called me. And he said, ask them to bring you from home, communion. I will call you again, and I will pray with you. So, this was before the midnight, so I was still knowing that it's morning and evening. He called me, and he prayed. After that call, I realized that I couldn't eat anything, and I couldn't drink anything. But something said to me that, the communion that has been prayed over, just eat it and just drink it. 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 And I remember that for the last two days before I slid into not knowing where I was, the only thing I could drink was that communion. I couldn't tell you what I couldn't go, nothing could go. And I was drinking that. Are you in the house? I said, your tested weapons. The second tested weapon, or maybe I should have said the first tested weapon. As I was leaving my house, I called Lady Raven Humi and I said, well, I'm on my way to the hospital. Me, I believed already that the test will be positive. I just need prayer. She didn't wait for it to be positive. But the same way that we have called ourselves and scheduled ourselves to pray, and given ourselves prayer hours. That was how I was covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, week after week after week after week. The weapon of prayer. My third weapon. A few weeks before this whole episode, I had taken my phone. Usually, I'm the type of person who does not do a lot of playlist things. It's these young, young people, these ones, <laughs> who do these things. But a few weeks before, I had been led to go, I have a family sharing something on my phone, where my, and I had it not for me, for my sons, because I would always fall in love with one song. I can listen to one song for three months. It's none of your business. <laughs> I could listen for four months. But God led me to download every single playlist Pastor Kofi had. So I downloaded choral music, I downloaded reggae music, I downloaded uh, what? All kinds of music. It was that music that I would, you see the phone was too heavy, I couldn't carry it. But I would pick it up, I would put it down, I would look for a place, and then I'd press play with one something in my ear, and it would just be playing. And it would just be plain. Why? Did you people sing Bread of Life today? You didn't? Okay. Are you there? And the songs ministered to me one after the other. I sent them a text to learn the song Bread of Life. What? Because it just ministered to me. I was lying there and I was just listening. And I said that, that Lord, this song, eh, it is true. You are the Gentile redeemer but the words are, there are too many for me i can't sing all these words 
but as soon as they finish all those words, then the lead singer says, but you are Jesus, Jesus, that's how we call you. And as I lay there, I just started to say, it is Jesus that I know. You are the Jesus. I've always known you to be my Jesus. Always. Hallelujah. My tested weapon, the name of Jesus. I don't know, it is true that you are a carpenter, but I've never spoken to you as a carpenter before. It is true that you are the king of kings, but I don't look like somebody who can walk into the palace of a king. It is true that you are the redeemer of the Gentiles, and it is true that all these names that they call you are true, but the name that I know is the name Jesus. It's the name Jesus, the one who died to save me. He is the one that I know. I remember that I was crying as I was lying on my bed listening and I just felt the presence and I knew that Jesus had come to be there with me. He says that he will walk with you. In the darkness he will walk with you. He said he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He never promised us a life without trouble. But what he promised us was that in the trouble he will be there. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He will walk with us through it all. I don't know about you. I'm just sharing with you my tested weapons. That's all I had. The word of God. This song calls him the word. It says what? It calls him what? The living word. I don't know whether the word lives for you. I don't know whether the word means anything to you. But for me, as I lay there, I knew that should it be that I don't come back, I will see his face in heaven. But I also knew that if he rescued me and he brought me back, it was the living word that is still living today, that still works today. If you ask my doctors today, why did I return? The truth is that nobody knows. That's the truth. And I am telling you that it is the tested weapons. When I walked out of that ward 19 days later, I was the only the fourth patient to leave walking. Every other patient who had left had left dead. Every patient. I know that many of us have felt that, oh, this corona thing. Don't joke. I beg you, don't joke. Tell anybody, don't joke. Yeah, don't joke. Because I went to a place where I could wake up in the morning and see my neighbor. And those for 20 minutes. And the person was gone. Don't joke. Don't joke. If I stand here today, it is because I also met my Goliath. And I also can give you and I can testify that the weapons of our warfare are real. I'm closing. It was a dawn. The last Monday I was there. I came out on a Saturday. Hold on. But the last Monday I was there, I had an encounter. I cannot tell you the full story. But that dawn as I lay there, I saw a man, he was black, which was a strange, you know, many times because of the white man, we think an angel is white. But <laughs> and the man ran to me and he was talking. And then he said, he told me some other things. And then he said, don't even bother to pray for yourself. Can you not hear it? Can you not hear it? Can't you hear the prayer? And all of a sudden in my ear, I heard a roar that I have never heard in my life. And he said, those are the saints who are praying for you. Many of you were part of it. And I just want to say thank you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I don't know who your Goliath is or what you are facing. I just know that one day you will meet him. And this afternoon, I first want to say that some of you need to say to God, I'm sorry, I've not worshipped you. I've not thanked you. And begin to thank him for the things he has done in your life. He has done so many things. Some of you, because of COVID swallowing your business, you shouldn't be here. But are you not here? Are you not looking nice? Are you not looking sugared? Some of you, is even the business, you can't explain why it is doing better than it's supposed to do. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. Please, spend a few minutes and thank him. Just thank him. Thank him for any good thing you can remember. The testimonies you have not given. Thank him. Send out from glory Many things you are on earth A holy king 
one who gave his life for us. Jesus is what we call him. That was all I was able to say. I couldn't remember the words Gentile Redeemer. I couldn't remember the long sentence, King of Kings. It's the long sentence. I didn't have the strength to say it. But the name Jesus said, this one I know. This one I know. This afternoon I want to invite you to that same Jesus. When you meet him, your life won't be the same again. Because when you even meet Goliath, you know who is standing with you. You will never run. If you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your right hand. We're going to pray. God bless you. Lift up your right hand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. God bless you. God bless you. Now, if your hand is lifted up, just come to me. It is with such joy I want to introduce you to this Jesus that I met. I thought I knew him. But by the time he was done with me, and by the time my Goliath was defeated, I realized that now I know him. Please, just come. We're going to pray together. I want you to meet that Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, 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 oh,
We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F O L C I D S. God richly bless you.